social status, health, gender, age, social activity, geographical location even, all these factors significantly affect the legal status of employees. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Alrud Podcast, Be Aware and Share. My name is Irina Anyukhina. I'm partner of Alrud Law Firm. And today I'm here gently with my colleagues to discuss the specifics that an employer should consider when terminating protected categories of employees. Let me first introduce to you my colleagues, our experts, Margarita Giazarova, Labor and Employment Practice, and Maria Nivezhina, Labor and Employment Practice at Alrud. We all know that Russian labor legislation is very employee-friendly, and uh, it is quite sophisticated in terms of terminating the employees. Formal approach is largely used to formalize the termination. But besides, the Russian law provides for additional support to so-called protected categories of employees. And one of the questions I often hear from the clients, what it is? these protected categories of employees. These employees, they enjoy different guarantees, such as, for example, various compensation, additional benefits, additional leaves, protection against dismissal, and so on and so forth. So it's an employer's obligation to ensure that these guarantees are provided to such employees. In our team, more and more often than ever, we handle client issues related to different legal aspects of uh, protected categories of employees. So let's start our discussion. And first, I think we should briefly tell our listeners what employees belong to the protected categories. Margarita, will you? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Irina. As you said, and I fully agree, Russian law is very flexible in defining legal status of employees. Social status, health, gender, age, social activity, geographical location even, all these factors significantly affect the legal status of employees. In practice, the listed individual aspects of life create a legal basis for providing employees with additional guarantees. Such additional guarantees may be expressed in a form of a protected status, and this status can be protected against dismissal on certain grounds initiated by the employer, the right to additional payments, the employer's obligations to seek additional consents from the employees, and protection against overtime or night work or work during weekends. For example, pregnant women, women with an under three-year-old child, single parents bringing up a child under the age of 14 or disabled child under the age of 18 or persons bringing up a motherless child or sole breadwinners or people with extra family obligations, meaning there is a child under three years old with a family of uh, more young children or if the person appeared to be protected on the basis of priority assessment during certain dismissal procedures, those who are on sick leave or vacation, all of these people, they just cannot be dismissed in connection with staff redundancy, which really creates major complications while implementing this uh, quite basic HR decision. If we talk about the beginning of the employment relationship, for example, pregnant women, again, uh, which are very protected under rational law, workers under 18 years old of age, graduates from educational institutions, first 
time entering the profession during the first year after graduation, they cannot be set a probationary period. Nevertheless, it's still important to remember that these guarantees and protected status itself is not a basis for abuse of rights. And it's important to remember that employees shall inform employer on the special status. Sometimes we face this very obvious abuse of rights. And for example, one of the recent litigation cases showed us a situation when um, there was employment termination with a woman bringing up a child and um, she never informs it that she's sole mother or sole breadwinner. But this case ended up in court and uh, she tried to sue the employer claiming that she was sole mother with the minor child who was a toddler at the moment of dismissal and that's why the dismissal was unlawful. But during the litigation, we investigated and found out that uh, she was not indeed a single mother. She had a spouse and that spouse was not registered as a person without work. So she could not be considered as a sole mother and a sole brand winner. And that's why we managed to confirm to the court that this dismissal was lawful. And this is a good example of abuse of rights, which is also not that uh, okay. Thank you, Margarita. Indeed, we should realize that family status could evidence that the employee is protected and enjoys special protection, and that should be considered when uh, we take any HR-related decisions uh, with respect to such employee, including in case we would like to dismiss such an employee. This happens in practice. There could be such situations. At the same time, lawyers normally say in Russia that mutual consent termination is the safest option for termination, including with respect to protected categories. Just I'm quite curious, and I encourage you to share your experiences with respect to mutual consent termination, any specifics with regard to protected categories given the existing court practices, Maria? Sure, Irina, thank you. Indeed, separation due to mutual consent has always been considered as the safest termination ground. However, current court practice shows that this termination ground is not as safe as we used to think. The most widespread cases relate to the annulment of the mutual termination agreement concluded with a pregnant woman. Russian courts generally support pregnant women when they enter into mutual termination agreements and then try to challenge them. For instance, a woman may claim that she became aware of her pregnancy after she was terminated. In such cases, the court thoroughly analyzes whether it is so and check medical documents to identify whether a woman became aware of the pregnancy. Sometimes employers manage to prove that the employee already knew about her protective status, deliberately concealed it, and is now abusing her rights. There was one outstanding case I want to tell about. The employee was separated under the mutual agreement and then filed a claim on reinstatement. She indeed had a protected status, but separation wasn't made under the pressure and it seemed that it was a truly mutual consent. However, after a while, the employee reconsidered and filed a claim stating that she is a single mother with reminders. And the court supported her, explaining that the employer should have been assessed her living environment before proposing separation. This is quite a curious case, but after that, we supplemented our standard mutual termination agreement template with additional safeguards. 
Thank you, Maria. You inspired me to share another example of our, our recent litigation. And uh, this is a good uh, example of how it's important to monitor the legal status and HR status of your employees. There was a case when the employee was dismissed because of rehiring primary employee on the same job position. Russian law provides for that if you have part-time employee and you would like to hire primary full-time employee on that job position, you can terminate the part-time employment. This is like legal ground for that. And the client terminated the employment agreement with this part-time employee without consideration of this uh, employee's status. And of course, employee challenged these decision and termination at court. And um, in court, we figure out that actually the employee being dismissed uh, had a protected status. Firstly, this employee was on a child care leave and of course had a child under three years old. And that's why this kind of dismissal was illegal. The company did not consider the protected status of that employee and consequently violated legal requirements. So that's an example of how important to keep an eye on what is going on in personal life of employees to the reasonable borders, of course. Thank you. Thank you, Margarita. Indeed, uh, the um, comprehensive analysis of all aspects of family stages or uh, the protected um, benefits the employee has requires quite thorough analysis and that's where we are always helping our clients. At the same time, I'm a little bit concerned by the situation when we as lawyers at some point we realize that there is some kind of uh, dishonesty on the side of employees. Sometimes um, they abuse their rights and this is a little bit tricky thing. Do you have any insights to share, any experiences to share of such cases? Yeah, Irina, thank you. That's really important. Sometimes employees indeed cross the line when trying to protect themselves by various means. I think you will agree with me that most popular is that to take their artificial sick leave and uh, to, to be protected for a certain period of time. But sometimes employees, they be more creative. And uh, again, as we're sharing today our litigation uh, experience, I think it will be worth uh, telling you the story about a recent case when um, employee registered uh, themselves as a member of election commission and that complicated the dismissal significantly. It all began as a regular of redundancy, which is very standard procedure, as you may imagine, but it lasted for seven months. And uh, employee complicated the process by this popular mean taking sick leaves numerously. And um, at the middle of the procedure informed the employer that he actually as a member of election commission, and that's why he is protected from the dismissal. Uh, we encouraged our client to end up the stuff redundancy as it was planned because that was obvious abuse of rights. Of course, it was risky. And of course, uh, it was our responsibility to decide or whether to move on or to stop. Uh, but at that moment of time, as I said, 
said it was overcomplicated and it was too long, we decided that the only right solution will be to fight to the end and to keep on a legal way we were going along. So as a result, of course, employee filed a claim with the court. It was in the region of Russia, so we had to fly over to the region and to litigate in there. And uh, the court supported us and uh, the company legal position. Uh, we managed to confirm to the court and state prosecutor that employee abused their rights and uh, the fact that employee became a member of election commission in the middle of staff redundancy procedure and never notified, properly notified employer about that in time, that's actually crossing the line, that's actually abusing of rights. But a small disclaimer here, all cases are individual and uh, the fact that that one was successful doesn't mean that in different circumstances this similar situation may end up the same. Thank you, Margarita. But I would like to mention that employers may also be dishonest in labor relations with protected employees. In particular, this is noticeable in relation to disabled people. As we know, Russian labor law provides for additional guarantees for disabled people, for example, extended annual leaves, reduced working time, and so on. And not all employers are ready to ensure these guarantees. Quite often, companies try to find reasons not to employ disabled people. For instance, in one case, the employer refused to hire a disabled person because of his low rehabilitation potential. The courts found this approach discriminatory, stating that the refusal wasn't related to the candidate's qualification, professional skills, and so on, and was solely intended to reject a disabled candidate. Thank you, Maria. Thank you for these comprehensive comments. And uh, I guess we impressed our audience by sharing our experiences to say that this is quite a complex and quite important matter, these protected categories in Russia. The employers are normally advised by our team to be as much compliant as possible and ensure and provide all benefits uh, to the protected categories of employees. At the same time, we have to admit that in practice, the employers could face situations with abuse of rights or dishonesty on the side of employees, and that's where the legal teams could be quite efficiently involved to facilitate uh, the situation before the trial or in the course of the court proceedings. Thank you for your attendance, for listening to us. Uh, hope you'll find this information useful for your practical needs. You are welcome to listen to our episodes on the Alrud website, where you can also find a lot of useful information. If you have any questions or suggestions, you are welcome to reach out to us via podcasts at alrud.com. We will be looking forward to being with you and briefing you on the most practical issues from Russian law perspective in our next episodes of Be Aware and Share. Have a very nice day.